Well, hello and welcome to Bible Prophecy for today. This channel is where I discuss controversial topics and news headlines that you're not going to hear about in the mainstream media. And I do it all from a West Texans biblical point of view. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it might be in your part of the world. I got some pretty good headlines today. I got some that are quite funny. Uh, some are encouraging, especially um, from the state of Minnesota. So let's check out what the news has for us today. Speaking of a country on edge, I would say that the United States is most definitely on edge with everything going on with the lawlessness, with the rebellion. With everything that's happening, you can tell we are under judgment. And just, you know, to name a few things that have happened. So, in the news here uh, on NBCNews.com, it says, uh, Guns in America. So, panic at July 4th celebration as crowds mistake fireworks for gunfire. In a sign of heightened alert after the deadly shooting in Highland Park, Illinois, several uh, separate events in Florida and Pennsylvania saw crowds run for cover, but there were no shots fired. That article was by... Patrick Smith and of course as a liberal article because that is in the NBCnews.com so you see them taking all this stuff and they're uh, portraying all this stuff to say guns guns are dangerous guns are dangerous uh, it's all the guns fault we need to ban guns nobody needs a gun nobody needs a gun you got Justin Trudeau and Candy going nobody needs a gun you can go and uh, you can hunt with your gun you can go and do some marksmanship with your gun but you you cannot defend yourself with your gun. So, really, when America is our, like, we take that as our God-given right. Right? To defend ourselves. That's, hey, that's what a firearm is for if you're not going to go out and hunt. I'm not going down to waste ammo in a marksman con. I'm, you know, I'm not going down there to, to waste my ammo and stuff like that. I'm either going to kill something to eat it or I'm going to kill something from eating me or i'm gonna kill something from trying to kill me right that's that's the basic concept yeah but this world will have you believe no that's not the case and so they're gonna push all this on gun owners and on the guns themselves we need to ban the guns we're gonna need to ban the guns so you notice all this is ramping up right is it just an anomaly that all these things are happening that all of a sudden we have like gun violence everywhere is that an, i mean does it seem strange to you guys that all of a sudden you know, the Democrats want to take your guns away. So then all of a sudden, boom, we, we've got gun violence all over the across uh, the United States, right? So here's a good one. So I was reading some of these articles about this guy, right? I'm not even going to give his name, Cremio or whatever his name is, right? But they say parents didn't see it coming. There were there were no warning signs is what it all says. There were, there were no warning signs. Well, folks, I beg to differ. So here's an article uh, in thesun.com. It's the-sun.com. And here it talks about uh, gruesome post Robert Cremo shared a shock beheaded video despite Highland Park suspect family saying there were no warning signs. This article by Chris Bradford posted today. The alleged gunman in the 4th of July massacre reportedly shared a beheading video online despite his family saying there were no warning signs. Robert or Bobby Cremo III uh, was arrested and named a person of interest by law enforcement following the bloodbath in Highland Park, Illinois. Move along here, folks. The 22-year-old uh, reportedly un uploaded a beheading video online and clips that contained violent images. He also pinned comments on a message board that discussed murder and death, according to NBC News. One clip that has been shared online shows an armed gunman firing a rifle and a chilling drawing depicts an assailant lying in a pool of blood. Uh, in a video depicting an, un an armed suspect, Cremo rapped, Like a sleepwalker, I am breaking through no matter what. So what's more disturbing is that his family uh, says that they didn't know anything about all this. Although all of his videos, um, his rapping videos that have been uploaded, um, his music videos, all depict things like this. They even say things like this. They even say what he's going to do. So, I mean, are you not listening to the music, quote, that your son is producing, that your son is putting out there? I mean, is nobody listening no, people don't listen to the words. If he, I pull, like people pull up next to me at the stop sign, and I just like look at them of the garbage that they're listening to. It's straight up garbage. It is, it's disgusting. And then they got their kids and they're singing right along too, which I'm not going to mention 
any words because I really couldn't say them here anyway. But anyway, he goes, so Crimo's uncle, uh, Paul, told uh, Fox 32 Chicago, I saw no signs of trouble. And if I did see signs, I would have said something. Paul revealed that Crimo didn't say anything that was concerning. He claimed that he didn't know where um, Crimo had bought the weapon. Mark Heyman, 22, who went to high school with Crimo, told NBC News that he always seemed a little off, but I can't describe it much after that a little off um even the mayor holland park mayor May, uh, mayor nancy rotaring revealed that she was crimo's cub scout leader she goes one of those things you take a step back and you say like you know what happened so of course you know the politician revealed that crimo had bought the weapon legally of course they're gonna throw it's all gonna be about the guns folks it's gonna be all about the guns it's not gonna be about who missed all these you know blatant red flags you hear about these red flags right this dude was like telling people even showing videos uh and ma of what he had planned to do so nobody was paying attention that's the problem here folks nobody's paying attention to these nutcases to these demonic people out in and in, in, nobody's paying attention nobody they're telling you what they're gonna do but everybody's too busy about me 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 and selfies and it's all about me and and uh what 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 does it matter to me and everything's about me right so nobody's paying attention to what is going on around them. Nobody. You see people walking around staring at their phones, falling off of curbs, getting hit by cars, buses, and all kinds of stuff. Because they're not paying attention. They're not paying. If it doesn't directly relate to them, then they don't really care. They don't care. And now we're seeing this in the world today. How many of these do we have to see? How many more do we have to see? It's happening a lot. And it's happening. I mean, America is under God's judgment. I don't think I don't think you could really disagree with me there. Um, just looking around the United States alone, I don't really think that you could disagree that we are under judgment. It's only going to get worse, folks. I, I, I ask that the Christians, that we would repent. That we would repent and seek Christ. You know, so, so we got to do today. So anyway, folks, what else? What else? Have you guys looked at the USGS uh, magnitude 2.5 and above earthquakes by the day? Folks, it's crazy. 45. 45. And I think in the last, um, I mean, I just got like one little part of the map uh, pulled up. But there are so many earthquakes going on every day. Of course, the Bible said that. So what, what else do we have going on? So COVID. Yes, the virus that keeps on giving <laughs> how COVID could screw you worse with each reinfection. So we got that to look forward to, don't we? Because, you know, the thing we tend to forget is that that virus was made in a lab by Fauci. And if you saw what he did to little beagle puppies, then you would know it's an evil, vindictive piece of beep. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's one thing about the, uh, the COVID virus. You just really don't know. Um, because they pretty much manipulated it and developed it uh, in a lab. And they did the gain of function. So, you know, that's another thing you got to look at. And uh, who knows what they've created now. It's like Frankenstein. It's literally like Frankenstein. They got CRISPR technology. Um, they got so much stuff. And the other thing is, usually uh, when they tell you out in public, like, oh, this is what we have. Well, you're like 20 to 30 years behind what they actually have. Which makes you wonder, wow, what's really going on, right? But, you know, do we really want to know? Meh, probably not. Then you wonder why Jesus has to come back, right? Because look what we've done. Look what we've done to this planet. Look what we've done to humanity. Yeah. So here's another thing. Now, before you guys think this is some conspiracy theory, oh my gosh, Heather, you've gone too far. I'm going to read a couple of things to you guys, okay? Thought to speech. Scientists say their AI or their artificial intelligence can read out what happens in your brain. And here's another one that I'm going to talk to you guys about today. This is an Asia one and it's called Chinese scientists build factory robot that can read minds. But you're like, oh, Heather, you're going into the tabloid stuff. No, no. Now listen to this one. This is from our all time favorite. And no, it's not Leo Holman. <laughs> but it is the World Economic Forum. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, people. Artificial intelligence. This mind-reading AI can see what you're thinking and draw a picture of it. Folks, this article is on the WEF all the way back to February the 5th of 2018. Like I said, you really don't know what kind of technology they have. And what did it say in Daniel? These things were going to explode 
implode, right? It was going to just go forth, like increasing, right? And we can see how things are increased. I mean, like travel to and fro and people are going all over the world like Google and this and they're all like searching all this stuff and all this information, all this information, but they're not getting any understanding. They get all this information, but they don't comprehend. They're not getting any understanding. So it's crazy. It's just crazy. It's, you know, it's un- nearly unbelievable how, how accurate the Bible is. But we all know that we serve an all-knowing, omnipresent, omniscient God, right? Who knows all these things. He knows the end from the beginning. So we know the here and now and the past, right? But we don't know the future. But God stands at the beginning, right? If there ever was. And he sees all the way... He sees all the way to the, he's, it's like the Bible says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. And it's just, it's just so, it's just so much to comprehend. Like our little brains can't comprehend everything. Yeah, but it's amazing to sometimes, you know, sit there and contemplate these things. So anyway, I'm going to start with, um, let's start with thought to speech. We'll, we'll start slow, work our way into this. Okay, this article is in RT.com, and I'm so glad they're back up. So this is RT.com, and this was back in January the 30th of 2019. So it says, neuroengineers at New York's Columbia University say they have created a system that can translate human thoughts into recognizable speech which would revolutionize not just medicine, but communication. I'm just going to throw in here and um, the Antichrist. Anyway, uh, back to the article. By monitoring brain activity of subjects, the researchers at Columbia's Mortimer B. Zuckerman Mind Brain Behavioral Institute were able to train artificial intelligence to translate thought patterns into intelligible sentences, says a paper published in, on Tuesday in the journal Scientific Reports. The authors see patients with speech impaired by disease or trauma as first adopters of the incipient technology. Oh, I'm sure that's what they're seeing as their first uh, adopters, right? No, 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 no. They got to practice, right? So I think they're going to start this. And of course, this is going to be something that the Antichrist will use to control the population in the end days, right? You can see where this is going. I don't even have to be the one to point this out to you, right? But I'm telling you this because it's, uh, you know, this is back in 2019, but it goes on to say, and I'm going to read a little bit here um, from, this is the Neuroscience News, and it says, researchers translate brain signals directly into speech. It says, this breakthrough, which harnesses the power of speech, synthesizes an artificial intelligence, could lead to new ways for computers to communicate directly with the brain. So this is, uh, that was January 29th, 2019, right? This was in a tweet. And it says the same uh, technology that Amazon Echo and Apple Siri uses as well. And of course, it goes on to say, uh, this is MIT Technology Review. And this is a tweet uh, on the 29th of uh, January in 2019 as well. And it says, this brings us one step closer to decoding people's thoughts. Brain implants, AI, and speech synthesizer uh, is talking about all of these things that could turn words into a human as has heard into intelligible, recognizable speech, right? So here you go, folks. I'm telling you, so this is the one, right? Now, let's jump over here uh, to Asia One. And this, folks, was posted January the 5th of 2022. There are several articles about this out there, but let's jump on it. Uh, This is by Stephen Chen, and it's posted on AsiaOne.com. Chinese scientists build factory robot that can read minds. So, researchers in China say they have developed an industrial robot that can read a human co-worker's mind with 96% accuracy. The robot not only monitored the worker's brain waves, but also collected electro- electric signals from muscles as it worked seamlessly together to assemble a complex project or product, according to its developers at China 3 Gorges University Intelligent Manufacturing Innovation Technology Center. Say that three times. Um, anyway, the, uh, the co-worker did not need to say or do anything when they needed a tool or a component as a robot would recognize the intention almost instantly, picking up the object and putting it on the workstation according to the developers. In modern industrial manufacturing, assembly work accounts for 45% of the total workload and 20 to 30% of the total production costs. Project lead scientist Dong Yangfu and his co-researcher said in a paper published in the domestic peer-reviewed journal China Man- uh, Mechanical Engineering. Collaborative robots or cobots could accelerate the pace of an assembly line, but their application remained limited because their ability to recognize human intention is often inaccurate and unstable, the paper said. Humans and robots are autonomous machines 
I like that. Humans and robots or autonomous machines have been working together in factories for decades, but are separated by fences in most places to avoid accidents. In recent years, some advanced production plants such as car factories in Germany have introduced a fence-free work environment with robots that swing into action only after a button is pressed. Uh, such machines are equipped with safety sensors that stop them immediately if they come into physical contact with humans. Sure, I trust that, don't you? Anyway, some researcher teams have tried to build a new generation of cobots that can guess human intention by monitoring eye or body movements. However, these passive approaches suffered from problems like slow response and poor accuracy. To overcome this, the robot created by Dong's team was put through hundreds of hours of training by eight volunteers. The volunteers were first asked to wear a non-invasive brain wave detector, and the team found the robot could estimate their intent with just about 70 percent accuracy <clears throat> however the brain signal was quite weak for the robot to get a clear message the volunteer would need to concentrate very hard on the work at hand but most of them were distracted by their thoughts after working on the repetitive assembly job for a while the research said so anyway, in contrast the muscle signals collected by a few sensors stuck to an arm were more stable even though these two waned as the volunteer grew tired a combination of both trained and both brain and muscle signals could help the robot estimate the worker's next move in a second with unprecedented accuracy according to the team however it was unclear whether these laboratory results could be replicated in a real life factory setting the research could not be reached for other researchers could not be reached for comment by the time of this publication they said so it goes on and on and on talking about this kind of thing and it says uh, this comes days after China announced an, an ambitious plan to become a global innovative hub for robotics by 2025 as part of its smart manufacturing goals. So, yeah, talking about all of this stuff and they're going to move these things into it. It says the number of industrial robots in China has been growing at a pace of 15% annually since 2016. Wang Weiman, uh, director of the Industrial Equipment with the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, said in Beijing on Tuesday, there were 246 robots for every 10,000 workers in China, or twice the world average, he said. So they're going to, this is another thing that China is doing. They're moving this forward. Of course, you know, if you know how many billions of cameras they have in China, I mean, this all just kind of, to me, it like interconnects, right? AI technology, uh, these cameras, um, everything. There's cameras at stop signs. There's cameras on the freeway. There's, you know, satellite cameras. There's cameras everywhere, folks. It's like the giant eye in the sky. There's even cameras in your home that you probably don't know on smart TVs. Uh, your phone could be watching. Your phone's definitely listening to you. You know, it's probably watching you too. I mean, who knows, right? So, you know, we have no expectation of privacy anymore. People think that they do, but they really don't. If you have a computer in your home, um, if you know Grant Jeffrey did a thing years ago he, he passed away I think in I want to say 2014 or so I'm not quite sure but anyway he's a great great author he was from Canada and he had um I got the book around here somewhere uh shadow government I think is the name of it but if you haven't had a chance to to read that check it out it's also uh, a documentary on Amazon uh, you can pretty much pick it up anywhere. We just type in Grant Jeffrey, uh, and you're going to pull that, and you're going to be very, very surprised. And when he wrote that, that was back in like, I want to say 2009 when he wrote that book, and they did that article. And that was the technology back then, how fast we've come. And even back then, it would surprise you if that things you probably didn't even know. But definitely, if you get a chance, check that out. So anyway, I'm going to move on to that. So there's that article right now. Here we're going to come to... Uh, the World Economic Forum. Yes, folks, Klaus Schwab and the gang is here again. Now, folks, this article is back from February the 5th of 2018. And it says, this mind-reading AI can see what you're thinking and draw a picture of it. Remember, this was back in 2018, right? So scientists around the world are racing to be the first to develop artificially intelligent algorithms that can see inside our minds. This article was written by Adam Gizzard. Adam Gizzard. It's in the World Economic Forum. And you can check it out on their website in probably their archives. So the idea is not new. In the science fiction of the 1950s and the 60s, of course, he says that the crazed doctors were frequently seen putting weird contraptions on people's heads to decipher their thoughts. 
Kind of reminds me of like Frankenstein, right? But anyway, he goes on to say in this article that now reality is catching up with fantasy. In the past year, AI experts in China, the U.S., and Japan have published research showing that computers can replicate what people are thinking about by using functional magnetic resonance imaging or fMRI machines, which measure brain activity linked to deep neural networks, which replicate human brain functions and so i want to scroll on to the bottom of this article here and read to you guys a little bit of what else they were talking about so it skips on finally way down at the end it says ethical challenges of course we're gonna throw a little bit of that in there so the article says uh the outcomes of such research promise much that could benefit humanity the developments show we have come a long way uh since the fictional professor quartermass used a mind reading machine to interpret thoughts of the martians yes there are, are fears we could develop killing machines that operate at the speed of human thought but equally such advances could help those without the powers of speech or movement and speed up multilingual translations without the need for electrodes uh, to be implanted in people's heads i'm going to stop here and i'm going to say i don't really think that's equal i don't think killing machines and helping people who's had strokes or their speech impediments or whatever is an equal thing. I think killing machines is a little bit more deadly. Probably a little bit more um, uh, malevolent. You know what I'm just going to say? Anyway, moving right along. He goes on to say, Many, including serial tech entrepreneur Elon Musk, are excited by the opportunities such technologies could bring to the lives of people with disabilities. But researchers and governments have yet to spell out how they can ensure these are used to benefit the human race rather than harm it. And despite rapid developments here in related areas such as gene editing and incorporating humans with computers, we are no near a global agreement of what ethical and moral standards are needed in this brave new world. Yes, folks. Yes, their brave new world. And remember, that article was written back in February of 2018. Here's another new one. Now, this is... This is quite interesting. Now, this is on the World Economic Forum as well, but this article was back from January 18th of 2017, and it says, forget AI. The real revolution could be IA. So this is emerging technologies is what they're talking about here, and it's talking about, um, I'm going to skip on down to the bottom because this is where it gets kind of interesting. It says, scientists have calculated that as a global population, we're close to generating 10 billion megabytes of new information every second despite all this information at our fingertips innate human intelligence may be plateauing while the average iq rose 20 points in the past 80 years owing to better health and education it's projected to only rise by about three points in the next 40. our shrinking attention spans and cognitive ability to keep up with so much data adds to the problem in medicine alone some 2,000 research papers are being published daily that's daily, folks. Beyond the ability of even the best doctors to keep up. Today, a small fraction of the data being generated by researchers in all fields is analyzed for useful insights. Even though we all agree that doing a better job of this could be better for our health, economy, and the whole of society. He goes on to say, if traditional AI has shortcomings, they're that AI has never been able to best humans when it comes to certain tasks involving nuances in the language, complex problem solving, and emotional and social intelligence. But where machines learning programs shine is in sifting through data, finding connections, and noting trends. Exactly where humans in our society of information overload are struggling. Combining machine learning with the existing power of the human brain means we can get the best of both worlds. Indeed, IBM has said the company is now focused on IA, hoping to boost human capabilities. And Carnegie Mellon School of uh, Computer Science has noted that 98% of AI researchers are focused on work that fits the IA mold rather than strictly AI. So, what do you guys think? I'd love to know what you guys think. This is insane. But, you know, you, then you got to think about how is the Antichrist to control the entire world? Well, they're going to know. And remember, he's also going to require everybody to bow down and worship the image of the beast. Not only the beast, but the image of the beast. And I don't know if you guys uh, were aware, like a few years ago, these they're called the giants. And they've been moving around, right? They're building, they're massive massive i think like 10 stories tall or something like that just crazy huge uh machines and i'm thinking wow that's gonna have something uh to do with it maybe possibly as well you know but also your your phone there's like technology 
Um, well, not only that, I guess they're going to even be able to possibly read your thoughts. And uh, yeah, you don't really know like all this stuff and how far they've come. And you wonder, why is Jesus coming back? It's kind of like in the days of Noah. It's, it's like just like those days. If Jesus didn't come back and God didn't flood the world, could you imagine? He had to start all over again. So here we are, folks, nearing the end of days. And God's getting ready to come back. But he's going to take his church, his bride, out of here before he pours his wrath on this earth. Don't think that this is Satan's wrath. No, 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 folks. This is God's wrath. Don't mistake where all this is coming from in the Great Tribulation. It's coming from God Almighty. So don't forget that. And we as the bride are not meant for his wrath. Why would you beat your bride up and then bring her up to heaven and then send her back down? You know what I mean? No, doesn't make any sense. Anyway, um, if you haven't watched it... um. Um, I believe it's called after no wait before the wrath go check it out it's called before the wrath anyway uh, last year they said the ride-sharing company uber debuted a pilot program involving self-driving cars elsewhere in the world factories have become automated turning out products using robotic workers designed with I or with AI with the buzz generated by these headlines you might think AI machines are poised to take over just about any job a human can do that idea might not sit well with you for lots of reasons but here's an alternative. What if machine learning programs were designed to help us rather than replace us, folks? So that's their whole point. That is AI. That's IA. So that's what they're talking about, right? So AI generally refers to efforts to replace people with machines. But AI has a counterpart known as intelligence augmentation or IA. That in, instead aims to use similar machine learning technologies to assist rather than replace humans. So IA may now be at a tipping point to take over from AI when it comes to progress and headlines. So just to make you feel better, I think is what that's all about. We're just going to help you. All right, little Timmy, we have a little robotic Jane here, and she's going to help you today. And you guys are going to build this car, right? So yeah, together, together. So that was January 18, 2017. So yes, folks, I'm telling you, that's been how many years? Look how fast everything moves. So it reminds me of the book of Daniel where it talks about travel will become to and fro and, you know, knowledge shall increase and all of this. Well, I wrote a book back in 2021. It's titled uh, The Last Days Remnant Believers. And in that book, I wrote about um, Daniel and all of these things that were going on that were going to happen. It was actually part three. It says culture of the end days. And so I did read, um, I, I wrote on Daniel. It says, uh, this is uh, Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. It's in the New King James Version. It says, At that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. And so I wrote, and I said, if you take note of the last part of this verse, many shall run to and fro. What exactly does that mean? For a long time, I misinterpreted that verse to mean travel, which travel certainly has made an astounding advancement in methods. But a better translation is that from the NIV, which reads, many will go here and there to increase knowledge. To borrow from Dr. John F. Wolverd in his book, End Times Prophecy, this text holds the meaning of people rushing around to increase knowledge. And I don't have to tell you, that is the paradigm for our day and time. Just look around and you will see that the world is increasing in technology, knowledge, and evil. But there is an extreme increase in knowledge, but there is a severe famine in truth. That is the word of God. People are vigorously searching for the truth, but they cannot find it. This is exactly how the prophet Amos described these days that we are living in. And of course, you can read about that in Amos chapter 8. I uh, go on to talk about a little bit more things as well. Of course, uh, you know, I got the very first chapter of Proverbs, um, what it talks about as well. Kind of, uh, kind of some scary things going on. But yeah, not really scary, but they're just, you know, the Bible tells us it's true and these things are happening. So if you, if you read your Bible, you're going to know what's coming upon the world, right? And so if you guys want to check that uh, book out, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's maybe five ninety nine or something. I don't know. Super cheap. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't make a living off of them. We'll put it that way. I 
that's not why I write these books. I write, I write them uh, to get the truth out, to get the truth to the world, what the, I feel that the Lord has called me to do. Anyway, it is called The Last Days Remnant Believers. Uh, and it's Heather Deanne O'Daniel, and I am there on uh, Amazon. So uh, also, uh, if you want to, it is on Kindle as well. But it's actually a really good book. Um, it's a, I think it was the second book that I wrote. But anyway, I kind of give you an overview of it. Uh, the rebirth of Israel, the world before the rebirth of Israel, after the rebirth of Israel, and of course the culture of the end days, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, uh, Romans 1 culture. You guys hear me talk about that all the time. Uh, I actually wrote about it in the book there. Itching ears and the apostasy of the church and today's false prophets. And what is the emergent church? I kind of touched on that a little bit. And uh, the greed of the prosperity gospel. And to name or not to name, I'll give you a hint, I do name them. Um, so anyway, yes, you can find that on Amazon uh, if you guys are so inclined to do so. I sure do appreciate it. Uh, yes, so anyway, going back to this thing. So another thing I want to talk about today uh, is going to be, um, let me pull it up here, Brittany Griner. So I know we're all harping on her a lot. You know, we're like, hey, if you don't like freedom, if you want to kneel on our flag, and if you want to, you know, hate America, well, then go somewhere else, right? And so now we're all kind of like, well, now she was arrested in Russia, and she's going to be in a Russia prison. And so I know we're like, yeah, you got what you deserve, yeah. But then again, you got to think about it. This kid is 22 years old. She's 22 years old. I don't know about you guys, but when I was 22, uh, yeah, I probably, you know, would be terrified if I was in a uh, Russian prison. And so we, you know, I just, she's a kid. She's literally, she is a kid. And so um, I did notice that she wrote a letter right to President Biden um, to beg him for help. Uh, I don't don't see what Biden's gonna do but you know hey but anyway I did notice this in her in her letter that she wrote and another published excerpt reads and this is uh, on zerohedge.com and it's her words and she says on the 4th of July our family normally honors the service of those men who fought for our freedom including my father who is a Vietnam War veteran and then she added it hurts thinking about how I usually celebrate this day because freedom means something completely different to me this year uh, and so anyway she goes on to talk about how she voted for Biden and that she's asking him to help but kind of makes me realize you know you know, now she's over in Russia. Of course, today she pled guilty. She did plead guilty today in Russia. And she could get 10 years for that, right? And so, but you think about it. Now she understands the difference between America and the rest of the world. What freedom really means. And although she had to learn it the hard way, she, I think, now understands and she can comprehend that uh, I was wrong. You know, she was completely wrong. And uh, now, you know, she'll value her freedom even more um, if she ever gets back. And so she said she goes, uh, she still has so much good to do with my freedom and that, you know, President Biden could help her uh, to restore that. I'm sorry, President Biden, I don't know. And so, of course, Russia, Putin's going to uh, use this to the best of his ability, right? And he's going to try to get that arms dealer out and uh, trade for that. And so, yeah, we hope that that doesn't happen. But... Uh, you know, the only good thing about this is that she does value the freedoms that she had in America. Maybe that'll teach her a lesson the hard way. Um, I feel sorry for the kid. I do. But while she's over there in Russia, uh, maybe she could rethink her life and some choices. And maybe somebody will send her a Bible and then she can learn all about um, not having a wife. Right. So we could pray on that. Right. So anyway, we go on to talk about this and on Fox News, of course, they, they brought it up. Of course, they said she could appeal and she can do all this and she could request for clemency. But I don't think uh, Putin's going to do that. And so, uh, of course, Rebecca Koffler, a Russian-born former U.S. intelligence officer and expert on Russia and Vladimir Putin, told Fox Digital News on Wednesday that it would be unlikely for Putin to grant Griner clemency in such a highly charged case and her detention would more than likely be used as a bargaining chip for a prison swap or more. And I can tell you who she wants. This is what Putin, Putin and the Kremlin want to exchange Brittany Griner for Victor Bout the merchant of death and no one else so we have that to look forward to folks so but anyway while we're at it let's keep uh Brittany griner in our prayers um you should remember guys she is a 22 year old kid okay she's 22 and of course she was raised 
she wasn't raised like us you know like our 40s and 50s over here we were raised completely different this kid was not raised like that and we got to remember that we got to remember the youth right now they never really grew up i don't think they ever will because they weren't taught maturity and they weren't taught uh like we were to get out and work for a living they weren't taught these things instead they were indoctrinated um by our education system to say hey you can be whatever you want you want to be a boy little little jane you can be a boy you know and this indoctrinated with all this garbage right telling you how how much america is the the problem and america is evil and all this stuff so remember we got to remember that um this is what these kids were taught and so that's all i'm saying i feel sorry for the kid i really do so another article on here uh, is AmericanFaith.com. And so the WEF floats attaching sensor to your tooth to track what you eat in real time. I can't make this stuff up, folks. I really can't. Anyway, uh, this is by John Fleetwood. You can find it at AmericanFaith.com. Wearable technology made of tiny sensors that attach to a tooth in personalized nutrition monitoring patches can enable us to precisely track not just our intake, but how our bodies respond to different foods. Of course, quick facts. Uh, the world's largest coalition of international politicians and corporations is recommending we wear a 2mm by 2mm sensor that attaches directly to a tooth and transmits radio frequency waves based on the nutritional molecules it detects. Yes, in this article posted on Monday, the Great Reset Advancing World Economic Forum said this data will be collected and then made available to scientists who can monitor nutritional intake and bodily effects in real time. Uh, the 2 by 2 sensor attaches directly to the tooth and transmits radio frequently waves based on the nutritional molecules it detects. This technology can provide glimpses into exactly what nutrients our bodies are taking in, the WEF explains. Of course it is. Oh, yeah, this is all they want to know, right? Right, of course. Are there similar technologies such as thumbprint size smart patch can measure key dietary biomarkers and send the information to an app that can track how our bodies respond to different foods? Oh, of course, that's what I always wanted to know. Anyway, moving right along, such wearable devices can monitor an individual's health at a molecular level. The WEF piece goes on to say the WEF piece cited a 2018 peer-reviewed journal art titled um, Functional RF Trialer Sensors for Tooth-Mounted Wireless Monitoring of the Oral Cavity and Food Consumptions published in Advanced Materials. Folks, that's all the way back in 2018. But Melissa Kiyumi, I'm sorry if I murdered your name, C-I-U-M-M-E-I. You try to pronounce that. Anyway, on a text or on a tweet, she said, One of the eight predictions for the world in 2030 by the World Economic Forum that was set in motion by the pandemic. It's not a conspiracy. It's an agenda. So the Daily Mail says, Would you eat bug bolognese? Oh, God. That's disgusting. Absolutely. So, ugh. anyway, Primary school children in Wales could be offered edible insects, including mealworms and crickets, as scientists urge the next generation to embrace eco-friendly meat substitutes. That's by Fiona Jackson's for Mail Online. Good not. Anyway, moving right along, the World Economic Forum's fixation with tracking the world's population. The WEF has imagined that by the year 2030s, individuals will have no real privacy. There will be nowhere I can go and not be registered in 2030, reads a WEF contributor's publication in Forbes. The contributor theorizes that in the future she will think things like, I know that somewhere everything I do, think, and dream of is recorded. I just hope that nobody will use it against me. Mm -mm -mm. The, the globalist world economic forum maintains uh, official partnerships with every major big tech platform google apple meta microsoft and amazon the wef is also officially partnered with u.s major meat suppliers folks hold on to your seat listen to these i'm going to repeat that the wef is also officially partnered with major u.s meat suppliers tyson foods jbs cargill and Cisco. The WF has repeatedly called for individuals to eat less meat and to instead ingest insects or artificial meat. Oh, yum, yum! Doesn't that sound delish in a dish, as my brother used to say? How disgusting, folks. Mm -mm. Look what we all got to look forward to. And I guess you all heard about the Georgia Godstones there getting bombed. Yeah, that happened. 
And, you know, of course, they're going to try to turn that against conservatives as well. You know, they say, look what they did. Look what they did. Those conservatives, conspiracy theorists, they bombed our our monument. Yes. Um, well, we all know what they believe. And, you know, it's always been a, it's always been a mystery who, who put those up. Um, I think it's in the 70s when they put those up. Of course, I could be wrong. But anyway, here's another article that came across my phone yesterday. And I thought, whoa, check this out. A popular uprising against the elites has gone global. Folks, this was posted in Newsweek, and it was written by Ralph Schollhammer. Ralph Schollhammer. Anyway, so let's check out this article. It says, a popular uprising of working class people against the elites and their values is underway, and it's crossing the globe. There is a growing resistance by the middle class and the lower classes against what Rob Henderson has coined the luxury beliefs of the elites. As everyday folks realize the harm it causes them and their communities. There were early glimmerings last February when the Canadian trucker convoy pitched working class truck drivers against a laptop class demanding ever more restrictive COVID-19 policies. You saw it as well in the victory of the Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, who ran on parents' rights in education and went on to win both suburbs and rural areas. You can see it in the growing number of Hispanic voters for a Republican Party, which increasingly identifies as an anti-woke and pro-working class. And now we're seeing the latest iteration in the Netherlands in the form of a farmer's protest against new environmental rulings that will ruin them. Over 30,000 Dutch farmers have risen in protest against the government in the wake of new nitrogen limits that require farmers to radically curb their nitrogen emissions by up to 70% in the next eight years. It would be it would require farmers to use less fertilizer and even to reduce the number of their livestock. While large farming companies have the means by hypothetically or to hypothetically meet these goals and can switch to non-nitrogen-based fertilizers, it is impossible for smaller, often family-owned farms. The new environmental regulations are so extreme that they would force many to shudder, including people whose families have been farming for three or four generations. In protest, farmers have been blockading streets and refusing to deliver their products to supermarket chains. It's been leading to serious shortages of eggs and milk, among other food items. But the effects will be global. The Netherlands is the world's second largest agriculture exporter after the United States, making the country of barely 17 million inhabitants a food superpower. Given global food shortages and rising prices, the role of Dutch farmers in the global uh, food chain has never been more important. But if you thought the Dutch government was going to take that into account and ensure that people can put food on the table, you'd be wrong. When offered the choice between food security and acting against climate change, the Dutch government decided to pursue the latter. Uh, What is particularly frustrating is that the government is fully aware of what it is asking farmers to do will drive many of them out of existence. In fact, the government originally planned to move at a slower pace until a lawsuit brought by the environmental groups in 2019 forced an acceleration of the timetable. Uh, The reaction by members of the agricultural sector has been massive and ongoing since 2019, but the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic allowed the government of Prime Minister Mark Root to ban protests in 2020 and 2021. With the reignited demonstrations this year, the authorities have also switched to a more aggressive approach. There have been arrests and even warning shots fired by police at farmers, one almost killing a 16-year-old protester. And so, guys, it continues on. He says, yet the sympathies of the Dutch are not with their government. They are solid, solidly with their farmers. Current polls indicate that the farmers' uh, political party formed just three years ago in response to the new regulation would gain a whopping 11 seats in parliament if elections were held today. It currently holds just one seat. Moreover, the Dutch Fishermen's Union has publicly joined the protest, blocking harbors with uh, fishing crews holding signs that read, Uh, I'm not sure what that says because that's in Dutch, but it says unity creates strength. But while the Dutch people are on the side of the farmers, their elites are behaving much as they did in Canada and the U.S. And not just those in government, media outlets are refusing to even report the protest. And when they do, they cast the farmers as extremists. So, uh, why the disconnect? Every reliable poll of European newsroom from Germany to the Netherlands show that climate change is a much more important topic for journalists than it is for ordinary people. It's not that average citizens don't care about climate change, but that they have the common sense to know that destroying their farm so the government's emissions goals can be met in 2030 instead of 2035 will not change the planet's climate.
climate. After all, the Netherlands accounts for just 0.46% of the world's CO2 emissions. And while a further reduction might be desirable, it will not be decisive in combating climate change over the next eight years. It may make the country's elite to feel good about themselves, but it will also result in large parts of the population seeing their living standards decline and their economic existence targeted by the state for ideological reasons. There is a malaise in the West currently where uh, ideological goals are pursued at the expense of the lower and middle class working people. Uh, Whether it's truckers in Canada, farmers in the Netherlands, oil and gas companies in the United States, ideology, not science or hard evidence, is dominating the agenda, gratifying the elites while immiserating the working class. He goes, ultimately, there is a risk that climate policies will do to Europe what Marxism did to Latin America. A continent with all the conditions for widespread prosperity and a healthy environment will impoverish and ruin itself for ideological reasons. In the end, both the people and the climate will be worse off. Uh, that article was by, written by Ralph Scholenhammer, and he is an assistant professor in economics and a political science at Webster University in Vienna. So go check that out. The article was on Newsweek. So if you can check that out, I couldn't believe Newsweek would have posted something like that. But hey, hey, hey. So you see, the whole world is like, and the Bible says it's under the sway of the evil one, the devil, right? It's under the sway. And so we can see that happening. Now, if you guys think that a cow's farting are really causing all the issues and uh, all the things, you know, God said in the Bible, he made all things good, right? He made the animals, he made the cattle, he made people. And then what did he tell them to do? Go and multiply. That's what he told us to do, right? And I look around the world and I think, you know, one volcanic eruption. Look how much that puts off into the atmosphere. And so, you know, these people have taken this and they're turning it into a religion. And that's what they're going to do with climate change. And I kind of wrote about that in one of my fiction books. And uh, it's called um, Aliens, Demons, or angels and so i actually use that in that book and so but you can see how they're doing that and they've been working on it ever so often so they'll try things and if they don't work well then they're going to switch to something else right and now we have the abortion issue and i think all this is culminated here in the united states because um we have the elections coming up and they're going to use this abortion rights and all this stuff they could use that to you know declare martial law or, you know, whatever that they want to do. I mean, we got to remember, these people are nefarious. And they're in the background. And they're evil. And they see the power grab right now. And they are going for it. They are like a dog with a bone. And they're not going to let go. They're not going to let go. So what are we to do? We are to pray. Because God is our only hope. <laughs> and that, whether that be the rapture or him to sustain us during all of this evil. And we're to pray that, you know, he's to put good people in office. Because... When you look around the world and you look at the world government and you look at all these things and kings and, and leaders and presidents and, you know, prime ministers and all this stuff. Well, God says in his word that he puts people in places, right? He puts kings up and he takes kings down. And so as Christians, it may look bleak. The world may look like it's literally on fire and going to hell in a handbasket, as my mom used to say. But we have to remember that God is in control. God is in control. And we need to put our faith in God and trust him to take care of us. And he will. He always takes care of his children, no matter what. Oh, we may not be living in the lap of luxury. That's not what that's not what we're here to do. We're not here to fly multi-million dollar jets. And we're not here to do a sell a seed into my ministry. And God's going to bless you. You know, there's a, a thing in the Bible that talks about that. And I think it says they will make merchandise of you. That's what all those pastors, if you want they're not pastors. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. So if you're watching a ministry, a television ministry, a tele whatever, and they're telling you to sell a seed into their ministry, quit watching them. Stop watching them. Stop it. Um, you can check out my book, like I mentioned earlier, uh, The Last Days Remnant Believers. And I have a whole chapter on that. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Get away. Get into a good Bible believing church. You want to hear from God? Read his word. You want to hear him audibly? Read it out loud. <laughs> now I'm not saying that God's not going to speak to you. Um, you know, when you pray, when you're reading his word. I mean, he may use other people, you know, to come up and tell you, and that'll be confirmation. If you've ever had that, like if you've been praying about something, man, you have a feeling like, okay, I should do this. 
And then, you know, like out of the blue, like when your friends calls you up and y'all get to talk and say, hey, you know, and then they mention that same thing. And then they, you know, kind of give you advice on that. Well, that's usually like confirmation. It's confirmation of God's word. And so just remember that. But if you want godly counsel, don't ask the world. Don't ask the world. Don't don't ask your worldly friends and don't, you know, look at worldly things to make that decision. Read your word. If you're trying to make a decision, you want to know what God's will is. Does it line up with his word? Um, if you're having a hard time and you're reading your word and you're praying and you still don't know, ask godly Christian friends. And that's going to help you out. You need to speak with people who are Christians, not talk to the people that are going to tell you what you want to hear. You need to talk to people that will tell you what God says. Okay, what God's word says. So anyway, if it lines up with the Bible, that's good. Um, so like Jesus said, you know, when he went off to the Father, he goes, if you pray anything to the Father in my name, I will do it. Because, you know, they were in this, they were in the world. They were going to be in the world without Jesus. And, you know, they had left all their jobs to go and follow Jesus. You know, so they're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, my gosh. You know, you're going to be gone. What are we going to do? And that's when Jesus said, ask anything in my name and and ask the Father anything in my name and I will do it. So that's not a... um a genie in the lamp thing like i'm gonna i'm gonna ask god for a million dollars in jesus name you know that doesn't work like that he says ask anything in his name if it lines up with the word if you're using it to further the kingdom if you're doing it with good intentions you know the holy intentions then god's gonna bless that so anyway that's what it's all about folks if you don't know the word you're not gonna know how to pray right so I mean, you can pray but you want to pray the word it's powerful it's very powerful the bible is the only book that is alive. Anyway, guys, I'm going to get off of here. And uh, as always, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, Lord, please come quickly. And uh, what I'm going to do, I'm working on it right now, is I'm going to read uh, one of my books. It's the latest book that I just uh, uploaded uh, to um, Amazon. And it says, um, when the rapture hits the fan, what are you going to do? So I'm, I'm working on that to record that, to get that uploaded so that you guys can hear it. Um, anyway, with that, guys, I'm going to get off of here. And as always, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you.